Hey, and welcome back to the Simply Fitness Podcast. I'm John Stein, and on this episode of the podcast, I got a chance to catch up with Ivy Philman. We go through how to create your at-home gym. What are some must-have items that you need? And what are some items, if you have minimal space or minimum cash to invest in it, what are some things that you should have? We also conquer some ongoing workout and nutrition myths. So this is a a must-listen-to episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and it like rained today and it was nice and cool out. And I was like, this is awesome. This is so nice. Oh yeah. We got that down here too. It was like 105 the other day. It felt like here. And oh my uh, gosh. Today, today it was like below 90, which was like amazing. I was like, oh, right. I- right. Anytime the high is below 90, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a good day. It's so nice. Where are you at again? I'm in North Carolina. So, oh yeah, you're so definitely. Yeah. The humidity was a little bit less today. So we had, it poured yesterday, like like no other. And it was pretty awesome though. We needed it. It hasn't rained for weeks, but right. Yeah. Same here. I had a client outside this, this afternoon. And I was like, Hey, it might rain. So it's, it's, you know, it's your call if you want to risk it or not. And they're like, I would love to work out in the rain because our sessions have been so hot lately. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Make your own rain. You know, that, that could be, right. a selling, that could be a good selling point. Yeah, it could. It could. So I'm happy to have you on and I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit and have some good conversation with everything like that. So I first wanted to kind of start off with, um, with everything that has been going on with the pandemic, people stuck at home, everything like that. And I know just from following you on Instagram and everything that you have an awesome kind of at home gym setup and everything like that. I know it's probably taking you a long time to really build that setup. So I'd love yeah. to just have a conversation about, you know, what, or maybe some at home must for people, you know, equipment wise and to just like set up your own at home, like little workout gym, even if you don't have maybe the whole space. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taken me a long time to get that stuff. Um, definitely taking time and finding like, like normally when people are like, how should I get stuff, you know, that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I'm like, go on Facebook marketplace, go on Craigslist. But of of course during the pandemic, everyone is, is doing that and going that route. I got some really good deals. I mean, this was last year. This is for like, the world um went to shit you know can i yeah. swear it's swearing okay because i do so yeah, yeah that's quite that's a bit okay. all right cool um uh i got like a barbell for like 40 bucks i got a decent squat stand for like 20 bucks use dumbbells go a long way oh, those are great but deals. i think i think resistance bands are totally underused and like not highlighted enough and it's one of the few things that you can still get your hands on relatively easily so resistance bands are awesome when i'm doing sessions outside with my clients it's mostly resistance bands and kettlebells um i love resistance bands so much and you don't see a lot of people utilizing them quite enough you know Yeah. I think those are huge. I think that's kind of like people automatically think about like all the gym stuff that you can get, like the barbells and things like that. But for most people, they don't have the space for that. Like, you know, like right where like most people don't have the room, you know, you're located in a city, you know, some people might like I'm on second floor of a place. I can't put a barbell in my apartment, you know, my under, if you want to be a good neighbor, probably yeah, not the best. Yeah. My, my, the neighbor underneath me, she'd, she'd come up and probably kill me, you know, if I did that. Right. So I think resistance bands is like the like number one place to start. Cause I think they're so 
like versatile. Yeah, especially I, th- I think people don't realize all the different attachments that you can have. So you can like have regular handles, but you can attach it to your door and do just a shitload of different exercises with it. But before I moved into this house and I had the basement gym going, I was living in a tiny one bedroom apartment and I had basically the space of a yoga mat in my bedroom to work yeah. out. And I had a TRX 12 pound dumbbells and 10 pound dumbbells. And that was, that was it for a really long time. And you just, I mean, you do have to get creative or else you're just doing like rows and squats, you know, all day, every day. But a TRX, I would say, if you have something to attach it to, um, be careful with that. No one, you know, flying and falling off the ground, but yeah. Oh, I've done that before. (laughs) Who hasn't? Um, TRX and resistance bands, 10 out of 10. Oh, and yeah. like you'll you'll see people be like, oh, you should get kettlebells and dumbbells. And I don't think they consider the fact that like one decent kettlebell is gonna cost you a lot oh, of yeah. money. And especially with the pandemic, not everyone has extra cash flow to spare and stuff. Like a good set of dumbbells is gonna be or kettlebells is gonna be a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, one kettlebell is is it's crazy. People don't think that like a kettlebell, oh, you think it uh, can't be more than 30 bucks. It's like, no, they're like 60 to 80 bucks, you know, depending on how heavy, the heavier you go, the more expensive they are. Right. Right. So. Um, yeah. But I think, I mean, if people are looking to build a home gym, really just know that patience, if you don't want to spend a bunch of money and just checking like Craigslist and Facebook marketplace every day and see if you can get get lucky. I bought, um, a punching bag, like a boxing bag off oh, yeah. of Facebook, um, a couple of weeks ago, like super cheap. Some people like are using this time to clean out their basements Oh yeah, and just like getting rid of stuff, which has been awesome. Um, and then putting it out to the world, like letting your friends know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for dumbbells. If anyone happens to have any, I got like, I've been really, really lucky. (laughs) I'm not your average person, but I was telling a client, Oh, I got a barbell, but I don't have any plates to go on it. She's like, I just bought a house and there's a bunch in the basement. Do you want them? Yeah. I want them. (laughs) (laughs) I get that's that's not everyone's situation, but you can do so much with resistance bands. So, so much. Yeah. I think that's, that is underutilized. Like just looking at Facebook marketplace, you know, Craigslist, you know, I, I found something in, uh, I remember when I was in college in the paper, you know, like it, the ads in the paper, someone was selling, um, a bench I have at my, at my parents' house. Still, I have a Lou Ferrigno, like whole bench set. Like mm-hmm. it, it can turn into a squat rack, a bench press, everything. It's the coolest thing. It's like all iron. It's definitely like from the eighties. It's oh, super yeah. cool. And I, I can't wait till I have a space in a house that I can put that. I'm like, this is going to be a centerpiece. I'm never going to get rid of this. <laughs> it's like, it's so like well built and I'm, and they were gave it, I bought it for a hundred bucks, like with a oh barbell, you know, yeah. I could probably need to just replace a couple things. And I mean, in a pinch though, you could resell that for a lot more these days. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, you. I could, probably, I could buy a whole new thing with just selling that. So like, it's, it's kind of like you have to, you build it up over time. Like I think about all. What about now? Hear me now? Uh, yep. I hear you now. Okay. Um, I had a nice mic set up and now you don't get the beautiful audio. We'll just do the computer audio. That's uh, okay. It happens. Don't no. worry. So we'll pick up bike rack. So, um, what was I saying? Yeah. So when, when people are trying to, you know, build their at home gym, 
I, th- I think people don't realize that a lot of these, a lot of us who, you know, have been in fitness for a while and have all this at home gym equipment, like we build it up over time. You know, we don't just buy everything at once. I think about like all the equipment that I have, mm-hmm. I bought it over the last almost 10 years worth of stuff, you know, like between the dumbbells and the kettlebell that I have and TRX resistance bands, I've bought like maybe like one thing a year to just slowly build up. You know, you don't just go at, you know, ham and just buy 15 different pieces of equipment right away. Cause that gets expensive. Yeah. It gets expensive. And like most of the time people don't know what to do with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> you want, you want the new shiny pretty thing, but that doesn't mean you know what to do with it or even that you're ready for it. I have a pair of 30 pound dumbbells that I inherited that I never use because I just don't need them, but they were there. And I was like, yeah, I'll use them. But yeah, I think with anything fitness related, you never need to go from zero to 60. Yeah. Like, the basics will get you so far and it'll be fine. Just, yeah. just the basic stuff that you can find around. And then even like I was doing live workouts for a while and a lot of my audience just didn't have dumbbells at home. And it was just like, what can you find around the house? that's going to work for weight. Like hands are fun for shoulders and stuff, you know, they can be kind of light for anything else, but like laundry detergent. I have a, one of my online clients, he gets the big plastic bins of cat litter Okay. Use two at a time so that he uses one to like bench press with. And then the other one, you know, for his cat and he just like rotates through it. It's just like the stuff around your house. What what can you, what can you use in a different way? Yeah. I've, I've definitely had to like change up like, because I only have so much equipment here and most of the time, like I'll work out like maybe once or twice a week at home, but most of the time I work out in the gym and you have to get creative with, you know, the resistance bands and the weights that you have and build up resistance somehow, you know, you might not, you know, I'm not able to go to the gym and I don't have 185 pounds to squat while I'm home. So let's figure out a way to put enough resistance, um, a goblet squat with uh, bands and my kettlebell and my dumbbells to, you know, still build strength while doing it. So it kind of at home workouts, I think you got to get a little bit of of an experiment with everything Mm -hmm. between, between, uh, what you have and like where you want to go, you know, just have fun with that. I think that's what kind of at home workouts kind of do. You can be like very strategic with your planning still, but still have a little bit more fun because you don't just have a barbell and, you know, not everyone has a barbell and can't just, you know, do our normal squats and things like that. Right. It's a, it was a lot of shifting goals when the pandemic hit, because if you are using a few dumbbells at home, you're not gonna increase, increase, you can't increase your weight on the squat, but that doesn't mean you can't get better at the squat or work at different squat variations and get better at them or in like, a big goal was just learning how to be consistent in a new way. Like mm-hmm. put, put how much weight you can lift aside and like, just not think about that. Don't focus on that and focus on like being consistent and being creative and just having fun and kind of shifting your goals and your priorities when it comes to fitness and working out and just realizing that like, you can't spot a bunch of weight right now, dude. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta change it up a little bit and get a little bit more creative um, with your workouts and what you're doing, you know, maybe you're slowing down your, your squats or, you know, adding a resistance band here or there and, you know, maybe adding more reps than what you normally do, because mm-hmm. that's 
what you have to do to, you know, continue making progress and making it difficult you yeah. know, for yourself. Work with what you got. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of already touched about this a little bit. So um, for people that maybe have limited space and money, what, what would you like, where would you start off with like with your clients? Like what's like the number, like one or two things that you would tell them to get if they wanted to work out at home? Like if you had one to two pieces of equipment that they should get. Ooh, I think it depends on what they like to do. Um, and what their goals are like with resistance bands, they can do so much. And then what do they have fun, fun doing, you know, for, for me when the pandemic hit and I wanted to do something fun at home, um, I got one of those reflex balls. Have you seen those? Yeah. 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 Like the band around your head and the little ball that attached to the thing and just like, you don't need a lot of space to do that. It got me outside. It got me moving. And it was a way to move. That was fun for me. Yeah. A lot of my clients, I'm like, what, what do you want to do? What would you like to grow on or work on as, as, you know, um, as a client, as, as a trainer. And they're like, they're like, I don't have a lot of space. I'm like, okay, when you're at the gym, how much space are you taking up when you're working out? You're not moving around. You don't need a lot of space. You walk around a lot at the gym from station to station. When you're standing there with your dumbbells, you're not like damn up 50 feet. Yeah. Space. And they're like, yeah, I really don't need a lot of space. I'm like, yeah, you need like a four by four square, a yoga mat and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, resistance bands. I really enjoy kettlebell work. So I'm like, mm. if you're going to spend money on something, I'd buy one decently heavy kettlebell and like decently heavy means so different. So, you know, it's such a wide range depending on what your skill level is at yeah. and what your history is. Um, but like 20 to 30 pound kettlebell, you just do a lot of fun lot. with kettlebells. Yeah. With, with yeah, I mean, you, anything you can do with a dumbbell plus like swings and snatches and cleans and stuff. Kettlebells are just super fun to work with. Yeah. Those are definitely, those are two good ones. I think those are probably the two best, like bang for your buck for most people. Like if you can get like a good pair of like resistance bands, you know, from like Amazon or something just like with attachments and everything, I think those are perfect. You can buy those for like, I think I got mine for like 20, 30 bucks on Amazon yeah. whole set. They last and they last quite a bit of time, you know, um, they very rarely break on me and uh kettlebell is just, you can do everything with that. You know, that's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never used a kettlebell before anybody go out, try it. It's fun. Time. Yeah. Experiment, have fun. So let's switch gears just a, just a tidbit. And, uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more, um, about workout myths with you, you know? Uh, yeah. So what are probably the top three, would you say like workout myths that you get like ask questions from your clients or, you know, from people, your followers on Instagram, you know, random strangers at the gym or whatnot. What would you say are like your top three? We can talk uh, about those. As someone, I train a lot of female clients and the top question, it's always like, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get bulky. And I'm just like, okay. And I always ask them, I go honest, honestly, hand to God, do I look bulky to you? You can tell me yeah. it's not going to hurt. I'm always like, no. And I go really. Cause I'm trying to be bulky and it's not working, you know? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, Oh, okay. I'm like, listen, I work out three, four times a week. My nutrition is pretty on point. I'm training to get bigger muscles. 
and it's hard. And that kind of usually puts them at ease, but that's only half the battle is realizing they're not going to get bulky. The other half is like, what scares you about being bulky? What makes you not want that kind of body type? And usually, you know, after training for a couple months and they see their muscles start to grow, they're like, Oh, I like how my body looks with a little bit more muscle on it. I like how I feel. And you can kind of, they're like the fear of getting bulky is, is gone. It's, it's far away. Whereas for me, I still, still trying to get on that, but yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, I think it's a lot tougher. Uh, You know, a lot of people, men and women, they think, that muscle adding muscle is easy, but it's especially hard for women. And I think it's, I think it's kind of funny when you like really break it down. It's like, if you know, like the female, like physiology, like, Mm -hmm. and, or even the physiology of how muscle is, is built. Females are not made to build muscle nearly as efficiently as men. Like, like the hormones just in a female body versus a male body are completely different. Like they're, female bodies are meant to break down muscle actually while men's are built made to build up. That's why it's so much harder for females. You know, like I even think I like, I always like to compare like the leanest people. So like bodybuilders, like look at a male bodybuilder versus a female bodybuilder. Like they look completely different. You know, Mm -hmm. they have the same muscles. They're all the same, but the men are double the size of the women for for a very specific reason. It's not like the women are any weaker than the men. It's not like they're not training as hard as the men. They're just, just smaller. Like it's just, it's just how it, the body works. How we're made, unfortunately. Yeah. There's no real way. Oh, there is a way around it. It's, it's called steroids, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not, not that desperate for my yeah. arms, but getting there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, once you get past that, I think, I think that realization that you came about with like that, once you realize that like, you feel better with a little bit more muscle and it really doesn't actually make you look bulky and it makes you look, you know, actually it's what you want to look like Mm -hmm. that it's great. You know, I think that just switch from, I think I, I try to pitch it as, you know, instead of muscle building muscle definition is a good way to think about it, you know, especially in the sense of, you know, for women, you know, building that muscle definition, you're not really, yes, you are building muscle, but, you're more looking for that definition. Right. Usually if a client, a female client specifically doesn't want to lift weights, they're afraid of getting bulky. I'm like, give me two months. Do you trust me? Give me two months. And if at the end of two months, you really hate the direction your body is going into, we'll switch gears. We'll do more of what you want. And after two months, I've never had a client be like, I don't like how I feel. I don't like how I look. I mean, there's so much to be said about feeling stronger and applying it to their day-to-day lives. And um, I think one of the weirdest actable things a client told me was like, there's this door when I enter my apartment and it's really heavy. It's really hard to open and it's no longer hard for me to open. The little weird things like that when you're like, oh yeah, working out, it applies outside of the gym. It does things. It's not as important as like getting super small or getting super ripped being able to do those daily activities so much, you better. know, so clear easier. out, clear, uh, carry all the grocery bags in, in one trip. You know, that's right. Cool. Right. You yeah. don't want to take two chips, especially not in this heat. You one and done. <laughs> yeah. Well, once I'm inside in the air conditioning, I'm not going back out. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, so second, second biggest myth, uh, I think that's really myth, but just how fast they're going to see results. 
Um, I think a lot of people are tied to this 90 day transformation bullshit that the industry tends to sell. And so after a couple of months, they're like, why am I not ripped? I'm like, well, you saw me once a month or once a week and mm-hmm. you didn't want to do anything on your own. You know, we we're, we're selling this lie of just, you can completely transform everything in 90 days. All you have to do is work out six times a week and not eat anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll lose 90 pounds of body fat. <laughs> Yeah. I think to people, it's a lot of, you know, realistic expectations of, you know, what your body is and, you know, the results and the work you put into it. If you don't, if you put 50% effort in, you're going to get 50% results. And that's just, you have to accept that, you know, there's nothing wrong with only putting in 50% effort. If that's what you want to give right now, do it. You know, that's still progress, but you can't expect hundred percent results and putting in with only putting in 50% effort. Right. You know, you're working out for a reason. You are putting in, in work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason it's called working out. Yeah. Yeah. That, so I think people need, you know, you really need to have those expectations of where you're at, what work you're putting into and realistic results. You know, if you're, if you need to lose a hundred pounds, how long did it take for you to be a hundred pounds overweight? That probably mm-hmm. didn't happen over three months. So why would you expect to lose it in three months? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, especially, especially now I have more people coming to me that are like, you know, I gained 10, 15 pounds over the past three or four months of working at home. I want to lose it. How fast can I lose it? I'm like, well, it took you four months to gain it. You'll probably lose it slightly faster, but you need to be realistic. And the the half a pound to a pound a week, people, people are like, I'm only going to lose four pounds a month. I'm like, that's really good progress if you can lose four pounds a month. But yeah, weight just doesn't shed off of you like it does in these infomercials. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it might come off a little bit faster, you know, depending on how much weight you have to lose. And, you know, people underestimate that, like, if you lose three to four pounds a month, that's awesome. In a whole year, what that's 36 to 48 pounds. That's all. That's amazing weight loss. I'm glad you did the math on that. Yeah. Is like, what is that? That's one thing I'm, I'm good. I'm good with the numbers here. <laughs> so that that's amazing progress. I think any coach would be super. I'd be super proud of anybody to lose 36 to 48 pounds, you know, and no, even in two years, that's right. great progress. That's, that's a, that's a significant amount of weight. And to, you know, if you can keep it off long-term, that's really where you're going to find that, you know, success. I think that's what a lot of us, but you know, what you're preaching here is like, yeah, yes, you could lose 10 pounds in a month, but you're going to gain 15 on the, on the back end of that. And you're going to hate the process. You're going to be miserable for that month. And you're going to be so miserable that that's why you're going to gain it back because you're not going to want to keep with it. You're not going to be consistent with a diet that continuously has you lose 10 pounds a month, which could happen. I mean, especially the more overweight you are, the faster weight can come off initially, but the average person 10 pounds a month is pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to be, you know, the only people that I can ever think of that I've ever worked with who have seen a significant amount of weight drop like that have needed to lose a hundred plus pounds mm-hmm. at, you know, over time. And that's the only people I've ever seen to lose over that two pounds per week kind of average. Right. So it's, it's all about setting those realistic expectations, which I think a lot of people on their own can kind of be misguided because of all the marketing that's out there, out there. That's not realistic. You know, like in 30 days, 
like I, I have a 30 day program that I give out for free. And I'd say you can lose five to 10 pounds. Like that is what the program can do. It mm-hmm. could help you lose five to 10 pounds. That's realistic. You know, someone could market it as lose 30 pounds in 30 days, but that, that, that's going to be so rare for a person to do that. And that would be someone who who's eating McDonald's every single day, you know, for right. every single meal, sitting down, you know, getting out of bed to sit down in a chair, to sit down on the couch and that's it for the whole day. So you got to set that realistic expectations to yeah, really get you there. 30 pounds in 30 days. If you buy my $500 juice cleanse and only drink juice once a day and nothing else. Uh, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I like real food. I'd rather eat real food. Yeah, that is for sure. So what other, what other workout? Let's, let's, uh, what's one more you got for us? That oh, you see? Or just in general. Uh, Let's talk about another workout one. What's a, what's another like lifting or you know, um, fitness type myth that you, you get a lot. Lately I've been seeing this come up again and I thought it had died, but it never dies. Nothing ever <laughs> dies. Never dies. Something, <laughs> someone who has a big enough audience says something stupid and everyone latches onto it. Um, one thing I've been seeing recently is knees can't go past the toes. Mm-hmm. And I was actually doing a workout video the other day and it, the dude kept saying, don't let your knees go past your toes. Don't let your shins come forward when you squat. And so I was actually trying to squat without my shins coming forward at all. You can't, you can't. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> you can't really move at all. And it's just like, um, so yeah, knees can come forward past your toe as long as your heels are on the ground and i think that's the thing that they don't they don't add the heel the heel part so if you're squatting and your knees are tracking forward and your heels are coming off the ground then you got to back up fix adjust see if it's a mobility issue or form issue but if you're doing squats or lunges and your knees going past your toe and your heels are on the ground you feel super solid and stable ain't nothing wrong with that but for some reason i hear that one coming back again do you hear that one at all still? Uh, sometimes I, I haven't seen it recently, but I, I, I get where people are coming through and I knew where I kind of understand where that comes from, but yeah, like it, everybody is so different. I think that's what uh, we all try to fit inside of a box, but like when you're exercising, like everyone's body is different. Like our squat forms are going to be so are very independent to our body structure and shape. Right. Now, every, every human's going to be different. Like people, it might not look different, you know, like we can line five people up and they might look very similar, but like, if we start measuring the angles of their hips and of their, you know, you know, you know, the way their hips are in their, their, their femurs in their hip joint and everything like that, like it could be dramatically different. Like I can think back in college, we were measuring angles of hips and things like that. And I just remember that there was this one girl in the class, we were measuring hips and her, the way her hips were to the, it was actually a smaller angle than mine, which would be mean that like I'm in a more childbearing state than she would be like, I would, I could have a baby better than she would. And it was just like, just because you're of like a certain gender or, or race or anything like that, like everyone's body could be so different. Right which means your squat's going to be different. Like everyone's going to be different. Some people need a wider stance. Some people need a more narrow stance, you know, a little bit more angle and to make their body feel comfortable. 
Yeah. Sometimes you'll get a client that's like, tell me exactly where my feet should be. And I'm like, no, I want you every squat. I want your feet to be a little bit different, especially when you're starting out, like find that sweet spot, find what works for you. When I deadlift, I deadlift super narrow stance Mm -hmm. and it just works for me. It feels really comfortable. And some people like a little bit wider and like getting clients to realize like that's not necessarily wrong. You know, as long as you have like, your, your back is in line and you're not rounding your shoulders and you're driving through the heels. As long as you have like the basics like that down, like don't look at the person next to you and see how they're squatting because they could be doing everything right. You can be doing everything right. And your squat is just going to look different. You might lean forward more. They might be more upright. Their stance might be wider. Yeah. There's so many things that come into play with just, just, just the squat. Even if we take out every other exercise, um, there's just so many different variations because every, everyone's body is so different. Yeah. It's called a compound lift for a reason. Like there are multiple things going on throughout the whole thing that the whole movement that are going to make it so different. And I think a big thing that um, I was talking to Vinny about in another podcast um, that we were talking about squat form specifically. And I think videoing yourself squatting, like if you don't have like, you know, if you're an online client or if you're just doing this on your own video, your, you know, your squat form, your deadlift form, and just look at it and see how it progresses over time, because you can really see the difference in, you know, how your squat looks compared to other people's and maybe making some adjustments from there. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people are nervous to film themselves at the gym that they're going to come off as this like cocky bodybuilder douchebag or whatever. And it's like, no one is paying attention to you at the gym, you know, set your phone up. I I lean mine up against my water bottle or the squat rack. And no one's going to even know. And like, even if someone does know, like, it doesn't matter what they think. And if they're a regular gym goer, you know, they know like, Oh, they're either filming it for the gram or they're checking yeah. the form, you know, yeah. they don't really care. They're not going to bother you or say anything or think anything stupid. And if they do say something, think something stupid, you know, you're probably never going to see them again anyways. Yeah. Film your squats from like, from the front, from the side, from so many different angles and just see how your body moves. I've definitely noticed a huge difference in mine over time because I thought there was a specific way to squat Mm -hmm. and I have a bad right knee. So I have to do like a slightly wider stance in order for it to feel good and not bother me and like feel super solid with a barbell on my back. But it took lots of time for me to get there and get comfortable with it. Yeah. I, I hundred percent agree. Like I have like my stance, like I have like probably like yours, I have a super, not super wide stance, but I definitely take a a wider stance, like not quite a sumo, but right outside my hips, you know, my Mm -hmm. knees are pointed out and that's what's comfortable for me. And I can go, you know, all the way to the ground and come all the way back up. And that's what's comfortable for me there. And even like, just like what you said with the deadlift, like I have a very narrow stance. I tried a sumo sumo deadlift and that's just awful for me. It does not I can't sumo deadlift. It just does not feel good. I filmed myself and it looks okay. You know, there's no like glaring mistakes. I just think my hips are so tight that I just can't get the hinge going in that position. Yeah. I can't do oh, it. Oh no, I, I've stopped. I, I did it like three or four times. And each time I pulled a glute muscle. 
and it was the worst. And if, if you've never pulled a glute muscle, it is super painful because it goes straight to your back. Mm-hmm. And I like, it would cause me the worst back pain and glute pain. And it was hurt to sit, which is like the worst feeling when it hurts to sit. Yeah. You don't realize just how much your glutes are used for everything until you pull the muscle in your glute and you're just like, damn, they're really, it connects to every part of your body somehow. Yeah. yeah. So I think people need to, you know, there is no like one set form and videoing yourself and finding your comfortable, you know, routine within reason. Like obviously there are some clear things you should be doing in your squat. Like you should be keeping your chest up. You should be, you know, making sure your back is nice and straight, but like your feet position, you know, and like you said, like you shouldn't be coming out on your toes. Your heels should be on your ground. If your toes are coming, you know, if all that weight's on your toe and your knees are just shooting out forward, like, that's probably not the best thing to be doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, for, for your knee sake and for your, you know, your back sake, you know, don't do that. So, so awesome. Were there any other myths, any, anything else you wanted to touch pound there? I know I said three, but is there anything else that's coming to mind for you? Fitness wise? No. Um, overall, like nutrition wise, the car, the carb myth has to die. Carbs make you fat. Carbs spike your insulin. Carbs are bad. Carbs are bad. Eat, eat your carbs, people. They're delicious. They're good for you. People are like, but carbs aren't essential. I'm like, yeah, but neither is ice cream. Neither is yeah. coffee. Neither is the clothes that you wear. And stuff. you know, just, yeah. just eat your carbs. They're great. They're delicious. Oh yeah. I'm about to, I got a pizza dough, you know, forming right now, ready to, ready to make some pizza tonight for pizza Friday. Like, yeah, on that pizza train. Oh yeah. All day. You do like a locale pizza or you just go all out. Oh no. I make pizza dough from scratch, like regular pizza dough, cheese. I don't, I don't, for me, it's, uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't really like to substitute things like that. If I'm going to eat that stuff, like let's just eat it, eat it in moderation and enjoy it. Like, I don't like the fake, like let's, let's cut down on pizza, like put it on a tortilla. You know, sometimes I'll do that just to, for like a special meal, but like, if I want to have pizza, I'm going to have regular pizza. If I'm having a burger, I'm going to have a regular burger, maybe sometimes without a bun. Yeah, that's fair. Pizza is one of the things where I found a recipe that makes it pretty good. Yeah. And I like like a super greasy pizza. And so like this for me, it's super easy lunch kind of thing to make. But like I'm the same way with like ice cream and burgers. Like if I'm going to have ice cream, I'm not having Halo Top. I'm not I having- hate Halo Top. I don't know how people eat that. I And also... I can't eat Halo Top. What, whatever sugar alcohol in it doesn't agree mm. with me. But luckily, it tastes like shit, so I don't eat that stuff. Yeah. I'm <laughs> if I'm having a burger, I'm having ice cream with it. I'm having cheese on my burger. I'm going all out. Um, there's a time. There's a time and place for it, you know. And but I'm why make a burger healthy? Yeah, I I think that's a very agreeable. Like like it comes down to this whole like you're trying to cut out a whole food group why are you trying to be, why, why does a diet have to be so restrictive? I think looking at it as looking at it as what foods you need to cut out versus what foods do you get to add into your diet is a complete mindset shift that like, like a lot of people miss out on. Like if you're always looking at what you can't eat versus what you can eat, it is going to build that scarcity type of mindset that you're missing out on something when it's like, 
No, right. but I get to eat all this delicious food and it makes me feel amazing. Right. As soon, you always want what you can't have. So as soon as you tell yourself no more sweets, all you're going to be thinking about and craving is sweets versus like, if you're like, you know what, tonight before I go to bed after dinner, I'm going to have a little bit of dark chocolate and you look forward to it after, like during the day. And then when you have it, you can like fully enjoy it. Know that it's fine. Nothing bad is going to happen and like really enjoy it rather than like, not having sweets at all, which is just, I have a huge sweet too. So if you, yeah. someone was like, you can't have sweets anymore. I'd be like, Mm-mm, I couldn't do it. It's not worth it. I am a big fan of like, when you have specific goals, the not now method, like for now, I'm not having Oreos in the house. Mm-hmm. Not because they're bad. It's just because I know that if I keep Oreos in the house, I want to go through that whole thing. And right now that's not aligning with my goals. It's just, not now it's it's not where yeah. i want oreos i have to walk to the store and get them yeah so hot i'm not doing that right now get a small <laughs> pack or something but in the future i'll let them back in the house again when my goal when having a bag of oreos <laughs> aligns with my goals a little bit more i just know they're, they're foods i can keep in the house have a moderation oreos is not one of them yeah i think that's a great kind of thing like that not now definitely definitely gonna be taking that because that's a great way to really think about, you know, your nutrition goals. It's, you know, getting rid of those trigger foods, you know, especially like not now, like you have to learn to live with those things or live with them, maybe not in reach. Like you can have, if you eat chips, like, like at my house, like if you, if there's a bag of chips in our, in our house, like we're going to eat it in three to four days. Like no matter how hard we try, no matter if there's two bags or three bags, like it's all going to be gone in four days. Like it's, so it's like, okay, you have to make those choices. It's like, okay, you're just getting one. Once it's gone, it's gone. Or you just don't buy it that week. And you just, you know, next week I'll get in something. Yeah. I think, I think you apply that to your, like any kind of fitness goal at, at all. Cause when I feel like whenever you say yes to something, you probably have to say no to something else. So if you're saying yes to working on your physique, you probably have to say no to going out with your friends just because mm-hmm. it doesn't work with your calories. You can't go out for dinner. Cause that night is your night at the gym or whatever it may be. And just learning that like, you can't have everything mm-hmm. you want. Yeah. You know, you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want kind of mentality. Yeah. It's sacrificing somewhere. Like it's a, you, you have to sacrifice just a little bit. It's like, what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, if you, if you do want to go out, you know, is your workout going to be a suffer a little bit? Are you going to go over your calories a little bit? Um, but is that going to be some, something you're going to want to enjoy? Or is it just like something that, okay, if I skip this today, it's not going to be the end of the world and I'm going to get closer to my goals and be happier that way. It's like, it's kind of like that balance act. You have to figure out, okay, what, where can I take from one side of the scale, put it on the other and balance it out. So I can still enjoy everything while trying to reach your goal at the end of the day. Right. Right. If you're going to spend a month and like focus really hard on your training and say no to those invitations with your friends next month. They're still going to be there. Those friends those invitations and those dinners out, they're still going to be there and you can work them back into your lifestyle. It's not a hundred percent this or that black and white, but sometimes you just got to say no for a little bit. Yeah. You really got to learn, you know, where you can, you know, make those things work within your lifestyle. It takes time to really learn, okay, what foods, 
can I eat at the restaurant or like, okay, looking ahead of time at the restaurants, you know, menu and kind of being like, okay, I'm going to get this, not even looking at the menu. I'm going to get that menu item because I know it fits in my calories and I'm going to enjoy it or like not having a drink or planning out your day ahead of time. Oh, I worked out my calories. I kept my light lunch. Now I can have a, a huge dinner and that's my calories for the day. There right. you go. It's all about that kind of learning those skills. But like, if you've never done that before, you're just going to go right into your old habits that got you to where you're going to be. Right. It takes time. It takes learn. Like you have to learn how to balance your life out with your goals. Yeah, for sure. So awesome. I think those definitely kind of conquering those myths over there, I think are going to help a lot of people kind of break through that stuff. So Ivy, where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about what you do and all your awesome Instagram content and everything. Yeah. I'm most active on Instagram at the queer coach. Um, I have a website that I don't post on regularly <laughs> trying to get better. Um, and that's just Ivy Philbin fitness.com. Awesome. I'll you guys, if you want to follow Ivy, I highly suggest it. I'll put the, her link to her Instagram in the show notes, click it out, check out her page. She has some awesome content, everything like that. And she has some cute dogs that you can look at too. Those are awesome. You, you know, you, you, you come first for the fitness content, but you stay for the dog content really. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's almost everyone's Instagram. (laughs) It's a dog or a baby. There you go. You know, you sign me up for dogs, but definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Ivy, this was a great conversation. I had a great time with you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for having me on. Have a good weekend, man. It was fun. It was awesome. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simply Fitness Podcast. Because you listened to this episode, I want to give you something away for free. In the show notes, I have a link to my free fat loss cookbook. This cookbook contains over 20 recipes that are specifically designed to help you lose weight. They are filled with protein, they are simple to make, and they take away that bland, boring diet food. So if you want to upgrade your diet today, go to the show notes, click on the link, and go get your free fat loss cookbook. And make sure you come back for more episodes of the Simply Fitness Podcast.